Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Coffee with Casey, where we go over what's going on in the market. And I have to tell you, um, I got some really bad news. Um, so I started doing my normal research. The more I got into it, the more I realized how broken the market really is. And I'm going to go over all of it with you so you understand and we're clearly understanding what is going wrong. And let me let me just give you one indication of what's wrong. So <clears throat> in Vienna, in the last 30 days, $50 million worth of real estate has withdrawn unsold. $50 million. Now, you think about the average being, let's call it a million dollars, that's 50 houses and that's 50 sellers. That's 50 people that prepared their house to go on the market. That's 50 people that really needed that house to sell and failed to sell the house and had to take it off the market. Now, once you take a house off the market, that damages, that damages the value of the home, okay? So we're gonna talk about that. We're gonna go over the market conditions. I'm gonna talk about, you know, the indicators that it is broke, not just a little bit broke, but I mean a lot of it broke. We're going to come up with some solutions on how to do it. This is not just for sellers. This is buyers and sellers. The internet has changed the way a lot of people do things. The last two years in the pandemic has changed the way a lot of people do things. And now we're back to a normal market. And it's almost as if people have forgotten how to act in a normal market. Um, so I'm going to go over some stats with you. Billy's going to join me today because we're going to talk about a few things. Um, um, I'll tell you, Billy, you know, we, we were lucky enough this week to do our, our seminar with, um, you know, with not a seminar, but basically a meeting with our full team. Mm -hmm. Um, not just you and Kelly and Morgan and Colby and Pam and Pat and, but we also had the new people that have joined our team join us, Pharisee Ways and Johnny G and Laura and, and, um, and uh, host White, Ruiz. And I got to tell you, it kind of felt like I was in a room of rock stars, you know, because each one of them in their own right, each person in that room in their own right is so professional, so good. They have so many good attributes that starting to see everybody feed off of each other, the excitement of Johnny, the, the sincerity of Ferris, you know, it was just really a nice, it was a nice mix in there. Uh, I think we're lucky to be around a bunch of good professionals. Um, you're going to be joining me at the mastermind today at uh, Samson Properties, which is the 1%, the top 1% of the Samson Realtors. And I will tell you that of that, and again, that is one of the solutions of that top 1% of Samson Properties, they do about 20% of the business at Samson Properties. So, um, you know, I want to go over some some uh, dynamics of what I found when I went out and started looking at um, at Mark. And by the way, everybody, I want to uh, wish everybody hope you had a nice Thanksgiving. Um, sorry, I I uh, sorry I wasn't uh, uh, wasn't doing the show that day. I thought I should have. I mean, you don't eat until three or four o'clock. I mean, for God's sake, yeah. ten thirty in the morning. What am I going to do? Watch Macy's Day Parade again? <laughs> so, so let's talk about the market and because we didn't do it last week. And so I did a really thorough look at this week and let's, let's really see where we are. The, the first thing is we always look at this number, right? 
So the, the first indicator tells me the market is coming back. The market looks great. So what you're looking at is in January, 78% of the homes were under contract. As soon as you put it on the market, it sold. As soon as you put it on the market, it sold. So you can see that as the year went on, that number deteriorated. Now, anything over 60% under contract is considered a seller's market, okay? More than 60% is a seller's market. Between 40% of the homes on the market and 60%, that's a neutral market. And anything under 40%, like 25, 30%, that is a buyer's market, right? That is more homes on the market than buyers. So as you can see, we bottomed out in, in August. We came back a little bit, showed strong in September, October. In November, we did a spike up. So what does that tell us? Hey, the market is rebounding, right? Or is it? So let's take a look at the individual towns that we're talking about here. So we've got Vienna and you've got Oakton and Oak Hill. So if, by the looks of this, it looks like Vienna is a stronger market. Oakton is a, a little bit more towards the buyer side. Centerville is a little more towards the buyer side. Oak Hill. Now look over here in Dominion Valley and Haymarket. Dominion Valley specifically at 61% and Aldi, okay? Now remember these numbers because this is pretty remarkable what we're going to look at. So 61% of the home, and what does that indicate? A seller's market, right? Until I got to this chart here. Until I get to this chart, I didn't think we had a problem. I thought the market was improving. This is the red are the percentage of homes that withdrew in the last 30 days versus the percentage of homes that went under contract. So let's go first to the Dominion Valley. So Dominion Valley is 61% um, of the homes were under contract. But is that because people were buying homes or because they were withdrawing homes? So all of these homes have come off the market right? This is for the good. This is for the bad. So how in the heck can you have an 80% of the homes withdrew versus sold in Haymarket? 84% of the homes withdrew than sold in Leesburg. So when I looked at these numbers, it was like, you know what? First of all, we're in a normal market. There's nothing exceptionally bad about this market or good about this market. We are in a normal real estate market. How in the heck can, in the last 30 days, 84% of the houses withdraw in Leesburg? And 80% withdraw in Haymarket. 70% withdraw in Dominion Valley, where, you know, if we look at it, these are nice homes. There are buyers out there. They're paying the right price. So what in the heck is going on around here? And, you know, it all boils down to, you know, as Billy is the first thing out of all of our mouth is they're just overpricing the houses. But you don't know to what extent they're overpricing the houses, right? So, so my brother, Pat, I said, you know, as many houses are withdrawing as they're selling. And he looked at me, he goes, are you sure about that? I mean, come on, man. Are you sure? He was extremely skeptical that 50% of the homes were withdrawing and 50% of the homes were uh, going under contract, when in fact, that's the best market is 
there are some where in here it's for every uh one house that goes under contract five houses withdraw unsold pretty scary it's not it's not 50 50 man it's five to one this is two to one so two homes withdrew for and and when you add in the new homes um the number the, this number doesn't change but the new homes withdrawn you get to 50 million dollars in the town of vienna withdrew unsold now of the last i don't know eight or nine houses we put on the market not one has made it throughout the you know not one of us made it a week they all go under contract um so we have a major problem on our hands okay we've i think the the realtors have forgotten how to price it here's here's your here's your numbers so in vienna you had nine homes going to contract and 18 withdrawal pick, oh, pick your town okay what is this ashburn Ashburn had eight houses going to contract, 18 withdrew one sold. Look at this. Look at Haymarket. So basically, these houses went off the market, and that's why they have a higher uh, you know, percentage of homes under contract because the withdrawals are gone. These just are all gone. They were taken off the market. 18 houses in Vienna, 18 houses in Ashburn, 12 houses. In, you know, if you look at all these houses, this is just in these markets alone which is probably 10 markets that's a hundred houses failed to sell i mean that's just that's absurd that's really absurd so let's let's take a look at why right so let's say i get a listing in oakton and it's like oakton is at 40 percent. i'm like oh my goodness somebody's like well that's a really tough market is it is it really a tough market it's really not the people that are that are sitting there active are 139 percent of assessment that's their average and I'm going to show you that, how I got that in a minute. 12, 112% of assessment. These are the ones that are pending. They were listed at 112% of assessment and went under contract. The solds are at 116% of assessment. And the ones that expired or withdrew were at 130%, 129%. So what does that tell you? That tells you they went here. They went into the death spiral of drop the price, drop the price, drop the price, drop the price, and they end up here instead of being correctly done right here. So we call this a death spiral where somebody puts a house on the market and then keeps dropping, 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 dropping. But the home is losing value as they're dropping it in little, <clears throat> little increments and you never catch up. Mm -hmm. So it's the death spiral and then it's expired. So... Um, you know, we're going to talk about the death spiral and how we handle that. But here's a perfect example. Now, check this out. This house was put on the market at $1.19 million, right? And this is what really aggravates me. It's on 9.9, and they put it on for $1.2 million. Look at the price decreases that they've done. That's 10 price decreases in two months, two and a half they months. Never, they never caught up. <laughs> Look, Billy. 20,000, 20,000, 20,000. Yeah. And look at this. They're going in $15,000 increments. This one's nine for 10. Wow. This one's 10. This is 10. So again, just, just so that everybody's clear on this, you put a house on the market, the increments are $50,000 because you have to get out in front of the market. Um, after 30 days, you would, you would reduce the price $50,000. But to do it at 10,000 is just 
I mean, it's, it's so, not practice if you ask, if you really ask me. Um, but let, let me show you something here. Let me get let me get off of this. Let me go over here. So how do we know what these hounds are selling for? So you go to Oakton, you put in your price range, and you say, give me all the houses in Oakton, and I sort them a certain way so I can read this chart, right? So let's take a look at this. So these homes are active, okay? That's the status. So if you look at the percentage of assessment, which is list price divided by assessment, so they're on for 135% of assessment, the average of all these is 139. That number goes right here. Okay, the act the under contracts are right here, and the average is 112 percent, and that goes right here. The withdraws are at 132 percent right there, and the the sales the the closing goes down to here, and that is 116 percent. So we got 132, 16, 112, and let's look at these expireds. All right, and they expired at 126. Why is why is 126 less than this number? Is because before they withdrew, they went into the death spiral. They <clears> dropped <throat> the price, dropped the price, dropped the price, dropped the price. And finally, said, "Screw it." They're still 10 percent over the market value. Now, one thing I didn't show you. Let me show you this. And Billy, you know, like you and I talk, if you're going to do a predictive analysis, yeah, you, you need to at least be close enough, right? 50,000 if you're over a million, 25,000 if you're, you know, in the sevens or eights. Right. So I just showed you that the average price of the ones under contract yeah. and the ones that closed are somewhere about 115%, right? They're 25% over when they start. Right. Watch this. 115% assessment of this home is 857,000. They are not, they've dropped it 10 times. They're not within... $200,000 of your list price. <laughs> the predictive analysis doesn't tell us anything if we're 200,000 uh, over list or over our um, list that's, price. That's right. Or we should start. And I, and I think that that's, you know, to be honest with you, Billy, that's what really scares me. Yeah. Really, really scares me. So, so we, we need to look out for Samson properties. We need to look out for our sellers. We need to look out for people. We can, I mean, um, uh, the brokers at Samson came to me and said, I have a property. Can you help them out? You know, they're desperate needs. They're very upset. And, and, and we brought it on. Uh, somebody brought it on at, at 1.5 million, uh, went into the death spiral at um, uh, 1.5. Uh, 75 days and nothing's happening. You know, just nobody's looking. It's not working. Mm -hmm. So even after the death spiral, they were still off by $100,000. So we came in, we repriced the home. Um, we set it the correct number. Now there's damage. There's no doubt about it. There's damage done when a home has gone through the death spiral and they're on their way down. Somebody thinks there's wrong with something's wrong with the house and yada, yada, yada. So there's no guarantee you could get what the house is worth. Mm -hmm. But we put it on at 115, which is what the house was worth. And first weekend, we got three contracts at 115. So, you know, the home sold with three, had been seen three times in whatever, you know, 75 days. And then if you price it correctly, then you get your three contracts and you get out of here. So, so here's the thing. We have a team 
and it has nine people and we know how to price it correctly. And I've got um, $100 million, $200 million, $300 million worth of listings at Samson Properties that may or may not be overpriced. So here's the fix on the pricing, right? So we're going to put out, and I'll talk to Donnie about it and how we're going to do this, but we will price the homes for the agents and we will do a predictive analysis. We're not going to do it on the cheap. We'll do it for a percentage of, of you know, whatever they, you know, 10% or 15% or something like that. But we'll make sure that the pricing is done professionally. So the number is there and we can defend it. Then we'll do the predictive analysis, which means you launch a listing in coming soon. You sit back and wait for everybody to come in and look at it. You see how many people are going to show it, how many people are going to uh, are favoring it. And then we can advise the seller. We're still not at the right number. I mean, we're going off on Cherry Street today. We were hoping for 1.7. We moved it to 1.65 because that's what the predictive analysis tells us. we got to move it down. So, so what we're going to do is we're going to offer that to, we got a pricing team here. So we're going to offer that to uh, the agents at Samson Properties. None, none of the other agents, just Samson Properties agents that they can send us the address. We'll price it. We'll do a predictive analysis for them. We'll work them through it. Um, they're going to work through you. They're going to work through Colby or Kevin or whoever, um, or um, Kelly and Morgan. But they'll work through you guys to make sure that when they launch the listing, that it's at the correct price. Because putting it off at 1.5, you're wasting everything you have all your time, all your energy, all your money, all your reputation on that not coming through. So the solution to the problem is at least at Samson Properties, we'll do the pricing. We will, we'll, we can handle the pricing for you know many, many other realtors. So we'll do the pricing. And let me tell you, at Samson, so I think I ran the numbers and um, real estate is not easy. It's not an easy game. The top 100 agents at Samson Properties do 20% of the business, right? And there's a lot of, of homes that are going, you know, maybe they aren't experienced enough to price it correctly or for whatever reason, it doesn't matter. You need to have a partner. And so if you are uh, an agent that's new or haven't done a lot of business, you should be with a one percenter. You should be working on their team or with them or have them as a mentor. They get a percentage of your stuff. I do not make 100% commission on any of my stuff. I partner with Billy. I partner with Kelly. I partner with somebody. And we get things done together. I do what I do best. They do what they do best. So the partnership at Samson Properties, it should be that we'll handle pricing. We'll do the predictive analysis. We'll make sure that when you launch that listing, it's at the correct price. And eight, 90 to 90, 85% of a commission is better than 0% of a commission. And mm -hmm. Samson doesn't have $30 million or $300 million worth of worth of withdrawn listings out there. So, so at least for our company, you know, and here's the problem, Billy. This, this is it. So we have become dependent on the internet. Mm -hmm. and, and, and doing the pricing. So let's take a company like Compass. Compass will attract agents and say, hey, Bill, 
Come to Compass, I'll give you $200,000 to join our company. And we have all these great tools, how to price a house. Well, so does Redfin, so does Zillow, so does RPR. So, so do all these knuckleheads have these um, pricing engines. And I run them all when I do a listing. And I can tell you, they don't get within $250,000 of each other. They're all over the place. The problem is everybody's dependent on those pricing engines. Mm -hmm. And they've forgotten how to list, how to price houses, you know, and thank God that, you know, we dug in and said, I don't trust anybody. We're going to make sure we do our own. We're going to perfect our pricing models and make sure that we lock this down. But I will tell you that. And again, I'm happy. I've got my team. We're fine. I don't need to help anybody. But I will tell you, when two out of three houses are withdrawn, unsold, people need help. Mm -hmm. People need a lot of help. And we could have solved just like that. We could have taken that $1.5 million listing in the beginning and said, no, you're not going to price it there. You're going to price it at one one five. I'll give you all the documentation to prove it. That would have sold in the first weekend. It would have saved the sellers a lot of anxiety and a lot of anguish. And when you look at, and I'm going to go back to this here just one second. And I will say, Case, I mean, it's it's painful for the, the agents. It's painful for the sellers. It hurts the neighborhood. Um, so we're here to help you guys. Um, I think that's the big point. You know, I mean, uh, if I came in, in in 2015 and I didn't partner with Casey and 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 learn from him through osmosis for, for five or six or seven years, I wouldn't know what to do either. So that's the problem in real estate. They don't teach you how to price homes whenever you get your license. They go through all of this, you know, all of this nonsense and and make you take a test, but they never tell you how to do the actual job. So there's a lot of agents out there that heard that real estate's easy, go get your license and sell homes. Um, you know, you really need to partner with someone who knows what they're doing for two or three or four years before you can understand, you know, how to do it on your own. And, and that's really what we're here for is, is to help you guys um, help neighborhoods. I mean, having five houses overpriced, um, you know, in a, in an area and, and you go into the death spiral and then you end up getting less than what it's, you know, originally worth. If you set the price correctly to start and you get, you know, multiple, we had multiple bids on, on, on your uh, home with Colby and, and one of the buyers actually came through or wanted to come through our team. So yeah, um, that's the way to do it. Right. I mean, All not cash. overpricing it and, and hoping that someone comes in, um, you know, and pays you some ridiculous price. I mean, buyers are just as smart, right. They can see that it's overpriced. So that's really what we're here for is, is well, and, and the thing out. about it, Billy, is the problem is there are not as many buyers as there used to be. Right. I mean, we used to have buyer pools in the seven, eight hundreds. Now they're in the hundred and ten. Mm -hmm. So um, on this house, this one point one five, we had four people show it four and three turned into contracts. Right. So you really don't have a chance have everybody walk through and walk out. If they're coming in, we got to make sure that we're on the number. So, so let's just let's just look at this for just one second. So the documentation we're going to provide the agents. If we if this is what it looks like in the market that let's say this is Fredericksburg or this is Aldi or this is somewhere else. If this is if I'm going to the seller and I'll say these are the homes that are within you know one mile past sixty days yada yada yada. Where are you going to price the house? You can't, you can't price it up here, right? You can't price it up here, right? So we're going to price it somewhere in here. Let's say we look at this and say, well, we've got upgrades and we've got a lot of cool things with our house. 
what if we try 120? Right. And you do the predictive analysis at 120. And then we look at it and say, you know, that has eight favorites. And that does have seven showings or nine showings. I think we're going to make a run at 120. Mm -hmm. But if you have one showing or two showings and you have one favorite or two favorites, you're not going off at that number. You are, these are right. This is wrong. We need to get back tucked in at 115, you know? So, and, and even at that, when we put it at that number to get people in the door, even today, we have people. Well, we, you settled on a house yesterday that we put on the market, and that was bid up. Correct. And I would still say that we're seeing three out of four houses bid up. Now, not $150,000, because that was just stupid money. Right. That was right. crazy. That was low interest rate, free money. So that's why people are throwing that extra 150000 uh, at the house. So, but, but when you present this to a seller and say, now look, right, this is where the number has to be. And it's backed up by worksheets and summaries and all this other stuff. Then it's backed up by predictive analysis. There is no way to launch a listing overpriced. So knowing that there's no way we could launch a listing that's overpriced, then you come back here and go, how in the hell is it systemic? through the whole area that that for every, you know, four houses that don't sell, five houses that don't sell, one house does sell. How can that happen? And the only thing I can surmise is they just don't know how to price a house and they don't know how to validate because I will tell you, there are buyers out here. Yeah. Uh, let me give you a perfect example. Let me give you a perfect example. So Johnny G, is putting a house on, and the seller wants $827,000. We do our pricing model, and he knows it's really worth high sevens, maybe $775, $785. It's, you know. So we do a predictive analysis at $827,500. Nobody's coming. Nobody. And there's maybe one showing, which is not enough, right? So he drops it. He conditions the seller that if this doesn't do it, we're going to drop it to $785, $50,000. He dropped it to $785 and got two full price contracts. Now, let me tell you what market he's in. He's in that market. So this 20%, one of them is Johnny's. <clears throat> and the reason he's in the 20% is because a, we knew what the house was going to sell for before it launched. B, he did a predictive analysis to make sure the seller was clear on what we were doing. So everybody was in on this, right? And so again, uh, what's, our, what's our motto at our company, right? The truth will set us free. Let's just tell the truth. Uh, it doesn't matter whether they want to hear it or not. We just got to tell the truth. And it's like the models all say 785, 775. So the predictive analysis drops but that's, that's the market that they were playing with right there. That four out of five houses withdraw unsold in that market, right? So anyways, first weekend, no home, no home inspection, no appraisal contingency, two full price contracts. Boom. That's also case. That's also a big thing with pricing it correctly and, and having multiple people in is the price is one thing, but the terms are a whole nother thing, right? If you overprice and there's only one person or, or nobody, 
that's willing to, to, to take that price. And then one comes along 25 days in and they're going to have every contingency. They're going to be, they're going to bully you on a home inspection. They're going to have a home sale contingency or a financing contingency or an appraisal contingency. It's just more worrisome for the agents and the sellers. Whereas if you get it at the correct price, you have multiple people there that are willing to pay that price. They start removing terms. Right. You have the leverage, you know, the seller and the seller's agent has, has the leverage where, um, you know, you're not going to have a, a buyer bully you around um, or worry about an appraiser coming in light. If you don't have a backup, yeah, you're playing, you're at their mercy. You have no leverage. They yeah. have the leverage. And when they come in with a home inspection, they're going to beat you up. Yeah, you bank on it. They're going to do one of two things. They're going to beat you up or they're walking. Mm-hmm. Both are bad. You're only as good as your, you're only as good as your backup. Um, and we say it on our football team too. I mean, our backups are, you know, just as important as the guy who's playing it, because if he goes down, if we lose that guy, we're only as, as good as our backup uh, right guard, which is what Casey always says. Right. It's the same thing in real estate. I mean, if someone pulls out and, you know, forfeits their EMD or pulls out of a inspection contingency or HOA docs, we all know HOA docs, um, yeah. you know, people will, will change their mind and, and kick out on HOA docs. You're only as good as your backup contract. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And so it, um, uh, I'm concerned. I'm very concerned. Uh, not for our sellers. I think we're good. I'm concerned for um, Samson Properties sellers. I'm concerned for all the sellers in the areas that we at, that we service. Um, I think that I've never seen anything like that. When it gets to when it gets to fifty percent or withdrawing and fifty percent or selling, that's bad. That's really bad. But when you start talking about four to one withdrawal to sell and, you know, two to one and three to one, um, the market is broken. So at this point, uh, everybody's pricing it too high. They're going through the death spiral and they're coming out the back end either as a withdrawn contract or much lower. Now, Billy, you picked it off on the house that we did the other day during our big meeting where the homes were selling at 120 or 118 and one sold at one. 103 right and and the ones that sold at 118 and 120 all sold in the first weekend you you spotted it up on the screen and then the one that was on for 78 days sold for 103 yeah because they went into the death spiral Mm -hmm. they went down in the death spiral and before you know it the longer it stays on the market the less you're going to get but we run out of time that was a great conversation i did not get to the buyers so Next week, we're going to talk about the buyers, and they're doing it wrong in the buyers, too, right? The internet has 8,000 houses for you to look, and every agent goes, I'll tell you what, I'm going to put your uh, name on a stored search in the MLS. It's going to spit your properties. You see one you like, you call me. Wrong. That is the wrong way to do it. They should not do it that way. Realtors, a professional realtor, will tell you which house they're going to go see, you which house fits all your criteria and then when you go to that house they're going to identify you either going to buy that house or we're going to find out why you wouldn't buy that house and add that to our database we're just gathering data so people spend an average of 120 hours looking for a house because they don't know where to look they don't know how to look and they don't know how to define these properties and the professional realtor goes into each property to make sure that meets the criteria to sell it or the buyers. And, and let me tell you something. The floor plan is weird. Maybe that's why it's not selling. Or the functionality is odd. The lot stinks. The neighbors are bad. The traffic is heavy. For whatever reason, 
for whatever reason, the realtors are there to select the houses, not the sellers. Sellers can send them houses. Hey, can you go look at this? Can you go look at this? Can you go look at it? Yes, but let us go look at it. Let a realtor go look at it. Let them find out the right house and let them bring the right house to you. Okay, and that's really the right way to do the buyers. Don't have graphs and charts, but that's the way to do it. All right. Okay, well, thank you, Billy. I appreciate you stepping in with me today. Yeah, of course. Um, I'll see you at the Masterminds over at International at, uh, at noon and we'll talk to... But I will tell you one thing, those people in that room, those 30 or 40 people in that mastermind, these are top. This is Dayera, uh, Ferris, uh, Sarah's uh, conducting the whole thing. Mm -hmm. But there is a lot of brain power. And out of that meeting came a six-point inspection that has saved a lot of our listings. One of the agents said, are we doing uh, pre-inspections? And of course, everybody's like, what are you talking about? Why would we do that? Well, now everybody wants a home inspection. So from that meeting came the six point inspection where we get our inspectors in, inspect, 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 make sure we got everything the way we want it. Then offer the buyers that home inspection once we cleared everything up as clear title to that house, call it a gold standard listing so they know they're not wasting their time and that adds value onto the house. That's what you get from that meeting. Mm -hmm. So I'm anxious to see, I'll see you at, uh, see you at noon over to International. All right, buddy. Everybody else, we'll see you again next Thursday at 1030. If you're a realtor with Samson Properties and you need help pricing homes or, or repricing homes, yeah. if you have a home that's getting ready to withdraw, we need to have a come to Jesus meeting with that seller. And we need to come down, reprice it, get her where we need to be. You know, let's before they withdraw, let's fix it. So if you're having problems with pricing, we can certainly work on that. We'll do the predictive analysis and whatnot. But um, you can give us a call. Other than that, I'll see everybody else uh, next Thursday at 1030 on Coffee with Casey. If you're looking for me, I'm at 703-508-2535. Or you can catch me at Casey at CaseySampson.com. You can also catch Billy at 703-380-0255. And we're here to help, guys. So really, I mean, if, if you have a home that's that's you don't know what to do, um, you know, hit me up or hit Casey up. And we're here to help you guys. Uh, like Casey said, 80% uh, or 90% of a commission is better than zero. You got it. All right, guys. We'll see you later. Bye. See you guys.